0: Welcome to season two of the Aesthetician Hub podcast, where we dive deeper into the world of skincare and wellness. I'm your host and licensed holistic medical aesthetician, Vanessa. And in this season, I'm excited to bring you even more insightful conversations with some of the most inspiring aestheticians, beauty entrepreneurs, and wellness gurus in the industry. From discussing the latest skincare trends to exploring the challenges and rewards of entrepreneurship, We'll cover it all, so sit back, relax, and let's get glowing. In today's episode, we're going to dive into a topic that affects many professionals in the beauty industry. That's imposter syndrome. And together, we're going to explore the challenges faced by us beauty professionals and the impact of having imposter syndrome. We're going to discover practical strategies to conquer self-doubt and unlock your true potential. Today joining us, we have Lily Monge, who is the founder of Monday Muse Studio in Woodland Hills, California. Hi Lily, and welcome to the Esthetician Hub podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you. So happy to have you on here. So can you start off by sharing with us a little bit about your background and how you started Monday Muse Studio?
1: Yes, so about three years ago, I started doing eyebrows. Um, I've always wanted to be in the beauty industry, and I happened to find someone who was willing to mentor me, so I took the opportunity, started learning eyebrows, and shortly after went to get my esthetician license. So this year was the year where I was like, I have to go as a solo artist, and just open up my business. So that's how Monday Muse Brow started.
0: That's amazing. And obviously with starting your own business, there comes certain challenges. So can you share with us a little bit of the challenges that you faced when you first started?
1: Yeah. So I want to say that the biggest challenge that I had was finding that confidence to even start my business. I felt like I knew a lot about what products I had to use, um, how to approach new clientele and all that stuff. I had a good insight scoop, but it was hard for me to say, "Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be on my own and everything's going to fall on me. So finding that confidence was key but it was the hardest challenge. I had many times where I was like I'm not going to do it or maybe next year. So finally I once I did do it I was like okay I have to keep going there is no turning back now. So those are that was one of my biggest challenge. Um besides that there are little things like little hiccups that come up like not you know finding the right location um location hunting that's a huge deal and I'm so grateful I found the location I did find but not finding the right location can also just set you back a little bit um and it starts to feel like oh my gosh this is not for me but it's normal like these little hiccups are normal and now I want to say I'm you know, a few months into it and I'm like, oh my gosh, those were like little minor things, but in the moment they felt huge. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to say just little hiccups, but the biggest one was just finding that confidence of going on your own and actually doing it.
0: Mm -hmm. And I completely agree with you, especially if it's your first time going solo and you don't have the experience of working by yourself. It can be very, very scary, but it's about shifting your mindset into this confidence mindset where you know that whatever you do, you are going to be successful. So what tips would you give to someone who wants to start their beauty business, but don't know exactly where to begin?
1: Um, I would suggest for them to start doing research either on just, you know, Google, YouTube, um, Instagram and start seeing, um, what their niche is like, what do they like to do? So if you are a licensed esthetician, do you want to go into skin? Do you want to go into brows? Do you want to go into PMU? Um, and once you find what you're interested in, then I would suggest finding, education on it. So maybe uh, getting a one-on-one training on it, a group training, um, and from there just continuing to educate yourself on this one thing that you want to do. So there's a lot of things that we can do as licensed esthetician and I think finding your niche or finding what you love is the best thing to do so you don't feel overwhelmed and you can master that and then move on maybe to adding something else right to your service. So my biggest advice would be do your research and see what you're getting yourself into because sometimes we think like, oh, skin is just a facial relaxing, but there's so much more to that. So getting yourself educated first is, I think, the biggest thing.
0: Right. And I 100% agree with you because I think as an esthetician, you pretty much learn about everything. And I remember in beauty school, I had learned about nails, but I don't do nails and I don't like doing nails because that's just not my niche, but it could be for you, you know? So I think it's really important to sort of, like you said, find your niche, find what you do best, because there are so many different things that you can do. You can do makeup, brows, like you said, you can really you can actually specialize in a specific type of skin, like, for example, acne prone skin or become an acne specialist, you know, like there are so many different Mm -hmm. things to do. And you really just got to figure out what you're good at and what you truly love to do, like your passion, basically. Um, Could you share with us some of your marketing tactics, actually, that helped you grow your business, especially when you first started off?
1: Yeah, so I definitely took advantage of Instagram. I just started posting. Um, I remember my first post, I thought it was like so cute. I did like this whole edit and now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, how embarrassing. But I did it and I posted it and I honestly was like, I don't care. I just want people to start seeing who I am. I want to start getting my name out there. So I used Instagram so, so much, posting just on your feed, reels, all that good stuff. Um, My second most valuable marketing tool is my clients, actually. So once I started building a clientele, um, they were my walking billboards. They're literally walking around, showing off their brows, and people are asking them, where do you get your brows done? So that is like your biggest free marketing tool that you have. Um, so that's my second one. The third one is going old school and printing out little like flyers or business cards. People still like kind of feeling something or seeing something. So I invested just a small amount of money into doing that. And I think it really helps. You don't know where that flyer is going to end up, but it could end up into your new client's lap. And so those are my top three social media your clients and just investing in some business cards or flyers
0: yeah that's amazing and for your flyers where would you put your flyers let's say starting off your business
1: So I would start off by just going to like Starbucks or coffee shops. We have a ton out here. So I would just go in there and ask them if I can post it on their um, bulletin board. A lot of these cute little cafes have bulletin boards or um, also the gym. I had a friend that worked at a gym and he would put... um, tables out and we would be able to go in and put in our flyers so that helped a lot because you have all types of people coming in and it's you know traffic all the time so those are two places I put them in um I would also like if you're still in school I would go and post at your school's bulletin board too because people are always reading that so just somewhere where it's visible and where you have a lot of traffic coming in
0: right those are amazing tips and what do you think is one of the most important lessons that you've learned starting off
1: um one of my most important lessons would be that you you can't stop once you start you just cannot stop like you are going to be tired you're going to feel overwhelmed you're going to feel like you can't do it anymore but pausing will literally delay everything so i i'm totally for having self-care days and not burning yourself out but in the beginning you really have to put in your all and i learned that really quickly you're on your own meaning no one's helping you if you are not replying to clients one day you don't have anyone to reply for you right like so I would say in the beginning is keep going, and obviously if you do need a break, take some time, do something that makes you happy, and then keep at it again. But taking a long period of time off will literally set you off. It kind of, it, it lets those um, thoughts creep in of, should I even be doing this, or am I even good enough? So I think once you're on it and doing it, you have that momentum, so I would say, just to keep going on that momentum. That's been a really big thing for me because I have times where I'm like, I don't wanna do this anymore, this is too hard. And, um, but then I'm like, no, I I need to do this or this, or even just making deadlines for myself help to keep myself accountable, to keep going.
0: Yeah, I love what you said about like the deadlines thing, because I think that's something that I struggle with as well. Especially starting off, you kind of have a list of things to do, but you don't realize that if you're not putting deadlines for everything, like nothing is going to get accomplished. So it's super important to be like, hey, like Friday, by Friday, this has to be done, or this has to be done by tonight. And really just setting goals to yourself. And there was this one video that I actually saw, and it was like, Um, if your boss tells you to do this, then you'll do it. Or if your boss tells you to do this within the next day, then you'll do it. Or at school, if they tell you to accomplish, like, I don't know, like a 500-word essay, you'll do it. But the second that you tell yourself that you're going to do something, like, why do you take so much time doing it, you know? So I think, like, there's that sort of respect that you have to have for yourself and also just your goals at the end of the day like you're doing this for yourself right like this is your goals this is what you live for so you have to put in the work especially starting off um I want to go back to what you said about the thoughts creeping in and everything because this is what I wanted this episode to kind of focus on Um, I know that there are so many people like regardless of their accomplishments their accomplishments, actually, experience that imposter syndrome. So could you explain what imposter syndrome means to you, especially in the context of having a beauty
1: business? So imposter syndrome to me is basically not being secure of yourself and your work and questioning whether you are... As knowledgeable as you made yourself be. So I think that imposter syndrome happens to everyone and I just recently read that imposter syndrome is a nice way of saying that you have an insecurity about whatever showed up. So from my experience I have been doing brows for almost three years now and a few months ago I was suffering from imposter syndrome and I'm like, what is happening? And it was, it came up so randomly too. I was going to post a video talking about brows and I felt like what I was gonna post and say wasn't the right thing. And I was so in my head, I didn't post it. So I just started asking myself, what is it? Why am I feeling this way? Why do I feel like. I don't know what I'm talking about or that I'm not talking about the situation in the right way. So it's a lot of healing your insecurities. And I came down to realizing like, I'm just shy to be on camera. Like one of my insecurities is to be judged by other people. And I think everyone goes through that, but that little insecurity, you know, started all these other little Chain effects, and um I came to realize like this is okay, this happens to everyone. I can post this video, everyone is going to have knowledge of what you're doing, and everyone's gonna interpret it differently, so it's okay. And what really helped me get through it was talking to another um brow artist, and randomly I told her I'm like, This and this happened. She's like, Oh my gosh, I think that's imposter syndrome, and I'm like I think so too and um just having someone else in the industry to talk to it about felt so much better and i was like i'm not the only one so that is kind of like my definition of what it is in the industry um because i feel like there are so many knowledgeable people right there's so many people who have so many years um in the industry and being a newbie in the industry can also make you have imposter syndrome like mm-hmm. I was like how can I you know be compared to someone who has 20 plus years as um, a licensed statistician and I only have three years right like you start to think the little things like that and that's when it starts kicking in but it's something that we all go through it's normal yeah and
0: I 100% agree with you I think that's something that even I go through from time to time or and I know a lot of other people can go through from time to time because you start to compare yourself like you said to people who have 15 20 plus years in the aesthetics industry and you're kind of like okay but like what do I have on them not that much years of experience in comparison to them you know and it's kind of frightening especially if you are starting off your journey as an aesthetician. I remember in the beginning I was so unconfident like I was so shy to even touch someone's face I was like so scared to like hurt them or like I was just so nervous in the beginning but as you grow and also grow within yourself you learn how to deal with your insecurities you learn how to overcome all of these um Insecurities that you have in the industry, and you learn to grow your confidence, that's truly what's going to change, like, your perspective of it. And it's also important to note that, like, even if someone does have 15, 20 years of experience, like, the beauty industry is constantly changing. Like, there's so many new products, so many new technologies, and so many new, like, discoveries in general that come across every single year. So, you you cannot just stop learning. You have to continuously learn and there's so much to be learned, even if you have 20 years of experience or more in the industry. Um, So what are some of the tips or advice that you would give to other beauty entrepreneurs who deal with self-doubt?
1: My advice would be to really look within and start to ask yourself, why am I having self-doubt? Why do I feel insecure about this certain topic or just things like that and get to the root of it. So that's my biggest advice and I think that goes for life in general is getting to the root of why you feel that way. Um, A lot of times I feel like if we just brush things over or kind of like make ourselves just do things like it ends up creeping up later on as well so i would work on your just your confidence um confidence is not something that you're born with you build up on it so if you are feeling self-doubt and you're feeling like you're not good enough i would say work on that one thing like if you are feeling like your facial treatment or your brow services or your PMU services are not to the tier that you want them to be then invest in education maybe practice a little bit more Um, in order to overcome self-doubt we just need to continue doing things that are going to make us more confident so I think Building up your confidence is going to help that so, so much. And um, yeah, like confidence is not something we were born with. So we have to work on it every day. And that's so hard yeah. too. You yeah. you see someone on the internet and you're like, oh my gosh, she's doing this. like sh- That's so cool. But that person also too had to work up the confidence to do whatever she's doing. So I would say working on building that confidence up. That's key.
0: Yeah. And this kind of goes back to, um, finding your niche, right? Like at the end of the day, if you are doing something that you're super passionate about and that you truly love, and it just comes so easily to you, then that's it. You found your niche. You know what I mean? And that's where you're going to start to look at your confidence and you're going to start to realize, well, this is actually easy for me to build on because I actually love what I do, you know? And like for me personally, it was always like giving facials, especially from a holistic perspective. And like when I talk to clients, like I don't even see them as clients. Like, I literally see them as a friend and I genuinely just want to help them with their skin and everything, you know? Like, I don't even see it as a job at this point. Like, I truly just look at your client. I, I look at my clients and I'm like, yep, this is my friend. She needs help with this specifically, this specifically, and I can just give her a bunch of skincare tips, you know? Um, and at the end of the day, like, it's so... How do you say that word? It's very you feel a sense of accomplishment because um, they're gonna come to you with so much more confidence in their skin because a lot of people, I find that deal with skincare issues, um, obviously there is an emotional aspect to it. So they come in, they're not feeling confident in their own skin, but the fact that you gave them a bunch of tools and a bunch of little tactics to help with their skin and also like to help with them emotionally, that's truly like life changing for me and it's going back to basically what we were talking about. That's all about finding your niche and then developing your confidence and it's something that like you said you have to work on every single day it's not just once one time journaling that's going to change your Mm -hmm. life it has to be a consistent every single day thing you know um so uh do you have any strategies to give to people listening that you found effective for overcoming or managing your imposter syndrome especially being a beauty studio owner?
1: Yeah, so um, some of the strategies that I've learned or some of the tools that I learned um, has been to, one, find the community that you're comfortable with sharing these um, thoughts of imposter syndrome. I think having a strong community of like-minded people, so like other aestheticians, really helps you kind of snap out and be like okay i'm doing the right thing i'm going in the right path so finding a community or a mentor is definitely key um a second thing i would advise is just finding that like inner peace with being like i'm doing my best and that truly comes from just um anything that has to do with maybe like journaling meditating um walking just something where you're alone with yourself and having a talk with yourself i don't think that a lot of people do that um actually just zone out everything and be like what where am i right now in my life and where can i what can i work on or look how much i've accomplished um that's one of the biggest things that I feel like I didn't do since I was going so fast and starting this new business I forgot to take time and really look at how far I've came and that is like a huge um boost of just confidence and self-love and So just being with yourself really helps too. And like truly being with yourself, right? People say like, I'm always by myself, but it's like they're watching movies or they're listening to music. And so that's not really being with your thoughts, being with yourself. Um, So really sitting down and maybe just writing a journal, writing a letter to yourself and kind of reminding yourself like you're doing good. You're doing the best you can and you're good at your craft, Um, That's a huge thing. Like we have to be so confident in what we're doing. Um, I, whenever my clients leave, I'm like, yeah, those were one of the best brows I did because I, I need that, you know, self-love, like I'm doing what I love and I'm good at it. So those are very key things to do when you're going through imposter syndrome or when it's feeling like it's going to come back up again, because I feel like there's always something new, right? That comes up. I completely agree with
0: you. And I think like a lot of people don't do that either. It's to have like mindful moments with themselves. And I think that's been a really big also confidence booster for me because I find that journaling and meditating truly like changed my life. Like I'm not even joking with you. I think like meditating every single night and just visualizing who I wanted to be and visualizing who I wanted to become literally changed the way that I went about life and I feel like if you continuously learn about yourself doing that internal work while journaling for example if you journal like even five minutes every single night I feel like you can learn so many different things about yourself and sometimes I like to look at it like you know like when you journal it's as if like you're you're getting to know yourself you know like when you meet someone you like to ask them a bunch of questions like what do they like and what do they do but it's funny how we don't even do that with ourselves and I think it's so important in order to become the best version of yourself to really do all of these internal works and then you're gonna know what are you lacking or what parts you should work on basically in order to be who you want to be in life um So that's a very, very good point that you have there. And obviously in our industry, um, there's a lot of visual focus on beauty and appearance because they do play a very significant role. So how have you managed any pressure related to imposter syndrome, especially in terms of like personal appearance or perception?
1: yeah this one was huge for me um especially when it comes to appearance um i wanted my instagram to look just like the most successful people that i was following on instagram and i didn't realize like these people either have a marketing team or either have been doing or working on their brand for years and the issue that I had was that I wanted that right now and it was so huge I'm like how am I gonna find my brand colors my fonts my this like I want to be just like them and that was so huge and it was such like a setback for me and finally I came to terms and I was like I'm just learning like I just went solo I'm just learning what I like what style I like like do Mm -hmm. am I really girly or am I more neutral right and so it takes time to find your brand within yourself Mm -hmm. um second thing is just appearance just overall physically I would see like beautiful headshots or um photo shoots and I was like I want to do that and I'm like what is stopping me right like why can't I just book a photo shoot or do this like I can do all these things too but it goes back to what we were saying earlier it's that imposter syndrome it's that insecurity um one of the big things I would say was I'm not going to do a photo shoot until I'm like big. And now I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, (laughs) what does it mean to be big? And I was like, I should have a photo shoot now. I need to like start presenting myself as I see myself because that person is there and I need to work my way to becoming her. And so... I want to bring it back to it just focusing on yourself. Like, yes, you can follow people and be inspired and, um, you know, kind of get ideas, but don't let that turn into comparison. So. Yeah. That's huge in this industry is we are constantly comparing ourselves and just our appearance, whether it's our social media or our physical appearance, we're always comparing. And that is like a huge, huge setback in our journey. It really just it's not okay
0: (laughs) yeah and honestly like I think like beginning like starting everything I kind of felt the same way as you like I was looking at all of these like big estheticians on social media and I was like oh my god like I want to have a feed the same as their feed I want to copy their style copy the colors copy this but at the end of the day like you have to realize that you are your own person like it's gonna come with time and obviously like like you said all of these big social media personalities like especially like in the beauty industry they all have a marketing team like they're not the ones that are doing like their own posts maybe they are maybe they are the ones that are giving these ideas left and right but at the end of the day like there is someone managing it for them and it's completely normal it's because when you have so much going on like you need to sort of delegate at some point right so um at the end of the day it's important to find your own path to find what you know suits you and it's important not to copy because at the end of the day like you are your own person and it's going to feel unauthentic if you are copying someone and that's going to take away from sort of your passion for whatever let's say the beauty industry um and so obviously setting achieving goals can be super great for overcoming imposter syndrome. Can you share an example of a goal that you set for yourself that helped you regain your confidence and your belief in your abilities?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think one of my most recent goals has been to be on a podcast and oh. I'm here <laughs> with you and this is my first <laughs> podcast and it's like, Yay. I Even minutes before, I was like, oh my gosh, am I really doing this? Um, so I think setting up goals and accomplishing them or checking off your list, like, oh my God, it makes you feel so amazing. And one of my biggest things that I really want people to do or that's helped me is like building a vision board and being so like not delusional because these things are going to happen to you or for you but really putting down every single thing that you want to do and one of the things that I that I have on my vision board was like I'm going to be on a podcast this year like I'm going to do it I don't know how or who like so and then checking it off it feels amazing I feel good I'm like what's next right and so yeah. I think that's a like huge I, I really hope that people do that I hope that they take time to make a little vision board or, or a list honestly I used to have like a list in my notes and my mm-hmm. Apple iPhone and I would just check it off and at the end of the year or like you know, within, like, three months, I would be like, oh, my God, I've accomplished this, this, and this. Like, this is amazing. And you literally feel like you can do anything. So
0: yeah oh that's amazing I'm so happy about the podcast thing that's so amazing like I'm honestly so happy to have you on the podcast as well and so obviously you have a successful beauty studio and that demands a lot of time and dedication so how do you define your work-life balance and how has that well how has your definition evolved over the course of like your career
1: um, so in the beginning, I spoke about how, um, you know, working hard and putting in a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. And I I stand by that. But I do think that you need time to really turn it off and be with yourself, your family, your friends. So what I have pivoted or what I'm doing now is I am turning off my phone or my emails after a certain time. So Mm -hmm. I I love to like wake up early and I really don't get my day started till around eleven. So at eleven I'm like work mode and I will work till maybe six or five and after that I'm like okay everything goes off. I need to cook. I need to walk my dog I have plans with my friends and making those plans a priority. So, yeah. we make work such a priority. It's the number one thing that we have to do, right? We have to get everything done. Everything has to be perfect. But when it comes to our daily life tasks, we don't prioritize that. And I think switching that mindset and being like, "No, this is a priority. I need it to go on my walk with my dog. This makes me happy. Like, yeah. I need to go hang out with my friends." Like making it a need is so, so, so like helpful. And it has really helped me because it makes me turn off that working mode and really yeah. enjoy life because it's so easy to get away and like just work, work, work all the time and not realize that you're becoming a workaholic. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. And we've all been there, honestly, especially
0: when you have your own studio. It's like, there is just always some work to be done, but it's important to keep that balance of work and personal life. So are there any specific time management techniques or tools that you've found effective for bettering your work hours and then creating your space for personal activities?
1: Yeah. One of my biggest things that I use is a daily planner. I Mm -hmm. literally wake up and look at it every night I before I go to sleep I make sure that I have everything that I need to do on it like I literally live by my daily planner it's a must and I also make sure that every month I go in and I put in like deadlines or just things I need to do and that has really really helped me stay organized and meet my deadlines because you can easily become disorganized when you have a business. There's so many things that you have to get done. There's so many things that you're doing. You're doing the admin side, you're doing the content side, you're doing the financial side. So all these little things, can get overwhelming so if you have a system where you know like today i'm literally gonna work on content Mm -hmm. that's what you're gonna do the next day you're gonna work on your finances that's what you're gonna do so i think having a daily planner really helps and i also i'm so like i need to physically touch things so i have a bunch of post-its everywhere too and (laughs) those are like my you have to do this um and i will literally put put a post-it like on my mirror to make sure I don't forget things. So I think just finding little tools and I've always loved like writing like pen to paper. So that's how I studied when I was in college. So that's how I do business too, is just having a planner, post-it and really cute pens. Like make it cute, make it attractive.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 100% agree with you, especially for the post-it. I think like for me, I have, I also have this like um, whiteboard in my room and on the whiteboard, I'll just put like a to-do list of everything that I have to do for the week, for the day or for like the month, let's say. And I'll always have it like in front of me. So like when I wake up, that's the first thing that I see so that like I I cannot forget it. You know what I mean? and also like me personally on my phone I always use like Google Calendar like I think I'd be lost if I didn't have a Google Calendar like I plan everything on there like whether it's like clients or like you know content time or like just you know like for example an interview for the podcast time I have to have it on there yeah. um so obviously self care is often mentioned in discussions when we talk about like work life balance How How do you prioritize like your self-care or what do you think is one of your best self-care practices that you found that's been great at recharging your energies I know you talked about like meditation and journaling but is there like something else that you do for self-care
1: yeah I feel like I do a lot of little things for Mm self-care um self-care can mean like you can either be meditating or journaling or self-care is also like going and treating yourself to something. So I love to just go and maybe get a massage, maybe, um, go to like a floating, like, um, there's this floating meditation place here. I love to do that. Um, I also love to maybe get a workout in. So these are all different types of self-care. So Ideally, when I have a day off, I either I'm going to plan to get a good workout in. I'm going to plan to go and either get a massage, whether it's like a deep tissue or a relaxing one. And then I'm going to plan to maybe like go out to dinner with a friend like that is self-care to me because I'm not talking about work with them. I'm catching up um, and my mind is not just racing. So yeah. I like those self-care you know techniques or I guess little things that I do but um definitely too I love I've been recently loving like just walking and being with my dog like I walk him and we have this little place at the park where we'll sit down and I'll let him run around and just being there is Oh my gosh, it's so therapeutic. Like, I don't have any worries. I'm just like looking at him run around and being carefree. And that's been my go-to thing lately. And I think just finding something like that is so, so important because work can become so much of your life and it shouldn't, it really, it really shouldn't. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: And honestly, that's a good point that you talked about massage, because I honestly feel like, especially if you're an esthetician listening to this, like it's so crucial for you to get a massage. Like we're constantly hunched over, over our (laughs) clients and everything. So like our backs are not Mm-mm, they're not working properly and i think like you know getting a massage practically like every month or something like that's a form of self-care and it's also an investment that you're making because at the end of the day like you you are a tool like you are you are your work you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like if you're if your back is unhealthy or if you do you don't have a good posture um it's gonna ruin your job it's gonna ruin your career you know um me personally actually like during my work I actually have a back what do you call those I'm not really sure the name of them but there's it's like a back um it holds your back basically yeah like a strap yeah Exactly. Yeah. So I basically use that and I just use that for work just so that I I always remember to keep my posture straight. And that's super important, especially if you're in the beauty industry, whether you're doing lashes, whether you're doing facials or brows or whatnot, like it's so important to keep your posture. Um, Do you Mm -hmm. have any specific resources that you can give the audience like books or apps or any wellness practices that you found super helpful? for maintaining that like healthy self-care lifestyle
1: yeah um one of my biggest things is finding a podcast that you like um I have like three different types of topics like one I love listening to a podcast where they're just like gossiping because I'm like okay yes I need this right um two I love a podcast that is super motivating um to me that I'm learning something or um you know something about the industry or just in wellness in general and through the third podcast would be just something that is kind of like storytelling so I know I I love like crime junkies and things like that and like so those are kind of like my my go-to things I also just love reading like self-help books um and also just going on YouTube there's that's one of my biggest things I love going on YouTube when I'm feeling like down or I need to like be uplifted and you can literally type in and put motivational speaking YouTube video and you will find something um but some of the people that I love listen to are like Jay Shetty, Tony Robbins, Rob Dial like I love listening to what they have to say and I think we can really take what they're saying into our industry Mm -hmm. and um but there's so many free resources. Like I think the YouTube is huge. I also at, when I meditate at night, I go onto YouTube and I'm like, 10 minute meditation to fall asleep like yeah. <laughs> you can say anything you know so Same. that would be my biggest one yeah um so i
0: also wanted to go back to what you mentioned earlier about like having a supportive community of other girls and estheticians that you can kind of go to whenever you you are feeling down or you're not really feeling in the right mindset um how do you surround yourself with those individuals like who understand basically the demands of our roles that encourage you to be the better version of yourself also for those estheticians you know like starting off that they don't really know how to kind of get out there and find these right people
1: Mm -hmm. so um i would say like if you're in school right now make a lot of friends with your sd you know colleagues because you guys are going to need each other in the future and that's where I've met a lot of my good friends um and another way that I've met esthetician friends is by going to go get a service done like I am so close now to my facialist and who's an esthetician and she's been in the industry for so long and I learn from her every single time we talk and so I love that um And then then you start building connections that way, right? Like, I get my lashes done, and now me and her are very close. I get my nails done. Like, it's the same industry where if you were going through something, you can reach out to them and be like, hey, I'm feeling this, this, and this. And they're able to understand you. Obviously you can talk to your friends and family about these things, but it's different. They're not in the industry. They don't know exactly what you're going through. So I would say you can start off by just befriending, you know, these women that you see, because I know everyone gets their hair done. Everyone gets a facial. You know, like there are so many ways where you can meet people and start going to events too. start going to things that are within your niche. Like if there is an esthetician event, buy that ticket or enroll yourself and just do it because that's how we're going to meet people.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And I think those are amazing tips. Um, And do you have one piece of advice to give to like aspiring entrepreneurs in the beauty industry?
1: Yeah, I would say don't give up as hard as it gets. Don't give up. Keep going. Um, Stay committed to your goal of whatever it is. And Get get yourself out of that mindset of like I'm not good enough or maybe this isn't for me. Like no, you need to get over that hump, and then you'll start seeing like this is what you're meant to do. Like if you have that strong feeling within you that you want to be in the beauty industry and you want to be an esthetician, continue. Like make that feeling like fulfill it, basically. Yeah. So okay. yeah.
0: I 100% agree with you. And I think if I were to give a piece of advice to any aspiring estheticians, like entrepreneurs who want to be in the industry, it'd be the same. And it would also be to work on your confidence. You know, there's a lot of inner work that comes with being a, an entrepreneur in general, regardless of what industry you're in. Because at the end of the day, like there are going to be so many different situations that is going to make you rethink your life decision. You're going to be like put in so many places in your life where you're like, wow, should I should I really continue doing this? Like, am I going somewhere with this? Like, is this even worth it? Um, And at the end of the day, trust me, it is worth it. Like if this is something that you truly want in life and this is your goal, like it is worth it. And there honestly success doesn't happen overnight it is so inconsistent i feel Mm -hmm. like you're gonna see one day you're gonna be super successful with this and then the next day it's not and then you're gonna you know start again it's gonna be great again but then it's not and especially starting off that's kind of what the pattern looks like for you as an entrepreneur but at some point you just have to trust that it is going to be okay for you um so for you and for monday me What is next? Do you have any other exciting developments, projects, or goals that you'd like to share with the listeners?
1: Yeah, I am currently looking into bringing back um, permanent makeup. Mm -hmm. And I am fully invested in continuing my education and really, I guess, bringing a lot more creativity into into it. So I'm excited for that and I'm excited to have a new I guess clientele for it because I want to be more artistic. Yeah. I would love for one day to tap into maybe tattooing or something like that, but yeah. I that's that's what's next for sure. Amazing. And how can our listeners
0: stay connected with you and learn more about Monday Muse Studio?
1: So right now I'm currently just on Instagram. So they can find me on Instagram, Monday Muse Studio underscore. Um, they can definitely reach out through DMs, email. I have my phone number up there. I'm super open about answering any questions. And yeah, I'm just getting to know more people. Okay,
0: amazing. And mm-hmm. before we sign off, is there a favorite quote, mantra or thing that you have that has inspired you throughout your career that you'd like to share with us?
1: Yes. So kind of tapping back into me listening to like a bunch of YouTube videos, um, I found a speech by Denzel Washington, and he said something that stuck with me till this day. And he said, without commitment, you'll never start. But more importantly, without consistency, you'll never finish. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so true in our industry. And you got to stay committed committed to your goals and you have to stay consistent because like you said it doesn't happen overnight
0: amazing yeah honestly I love that quote and I think mine is kind of similar and it's um if you don't if you don't um want your goals as bad as you want to breathe, then you're never going to be successful. I, yes. I I don't know if I said it properly, but kind of, I think you get the gist of it. But honestly, mm-hmm. I think like it's, it also has something to do with like consistency, right? Like even if you have dark days, like it's important to realize like, you're just gonna, you're gonna overcome these days. And one day, like you're gonna shine so, so bright. And it's really just about pursuing your goals and being very clear with what you want in life you know like you have to be clear with your goals um in order to have success for sure yeah
1: I agree
0: so it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today before we end this podcast is there anything that you like to
1: add any questions that you might have for me No, it was a great first experience and I'm super (laughs) grateful and thank you so much. Of
0: course. Thank you so much for joining me once again. And thank you all for listening to today's episode. Bye. If you guys enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave a rating as this helps my podcast so so much. And if you're located in the Montreal area, feel free to book a facial with me with the link in my bio on Instagram at skinwellness.studio. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in and also make sure to download my free acne healing guide if you are on the road to healthier skin. On that note, I wish you all an amazing rest of your day and see you